Hey there, Alex here. And in this episode, we're going to talk about how to stop worrying about what other people think. I know, easier said than done, right? But it is so important that we do this because the reality is, is that when we worry about what other people think, it holds us back from living the life we want and going after our dreams. So many of our fears, our anxieties, our worries about the future are about what other people will think or say, whether it's about succeeding, if I succeed with and have better health or a successful business or more money, what are people going to think or say? Or if I fail, what if I fail in my business or if I fail with my diet or if I fail in my work and I lose my job or if I speak up, what are people going to think or say? We spend so much time and energy worrying about what people will think or say, and it holds us back from becoming the person that we want to be. And the reality is that when we do this, we're giving away our power. We're giving away our power to those people. We are literally chaining ourselves to them and giving away our power. And so we want to do today on this episode is we're going to talk about how we can take our power back, how we can get that energy back, how we can free ourselves up to be able to live the life that we want without worrying or stressing about what other people think or say. doesn't mean you can't care about what other people think or say, but what it means is that we don't want it to affect our ability to do the things that we want to do in our lives. Welcome to the Tapping Solution Podcast. I'm Alex Ortner, and along with my brother Nick and my sister Jessica, we've helped millions of people around the world for over 10 years to transform their lives, and all using the brain rewiring, energy shifting, out of this world amazing technique known as tapping. On this podcast, we'll share information, strategies, tapping, and at times inspiring interviews, all to help you live your best life. Now, really important is that it's all about perception. It's not about what they think. It's not about what we think. It's about what we think they think. It's not reality. It's a perception. And so the goal here is to understand that the brain is wired a certain way to be able to keep us safe around this. If you're somebody who beats yourself up because you're in groups and you're sitting there thinking to yourself, why did I say that? Or what are they thinking about me? And you're beating yourself up or you're constantly worried about what people are thinking about what you posted online or or how you're doing as a parent, or how you're doing at work, if you're constantly worried, know that there's nothing wrong with you, that our brains are literally wired to be this way, and for a reason. It's a survival mechanism, one of many. But I I dove deep into the science and research around this, and I got to tell you, there's some really interesting things between the connection between rejection and actual physical pain in terms of how it's linked in in the brain. So we'll talk about that today. And so the goal is we want to understand how the brain works, and we also want to create a path forward to set ourselves free from this worry. And with the tapping, we can overcome these challenges that we have with our brains and how they're wired and allow ourselves to think positively or assume positive things of what others think. And we want to feel safe, even if they think negative things. Safety is going to be a big part of our discussion today. But more importantly, we want to just not really worry or not really care about what they think. Again, we can care if we want to, but we just don't want it to impact the actions that we take and how we live our lives. So let's talk about where this all comes from. What is the wiring? Where does this come from in our history, in our brain? So really important is to understand the tribe. We evolved as a species within the tribe. The evaluation of the tribe is what we want to look at here. Humans are born without the capacity to feed or fend for themselves and must rely solely on the care and nurturance of a caregiver in order to survive. Just think about it. When a baby is born, when a child is born, I've got three kids, 10, 12, 14 years old. When they are born, they are not able to take care of themselves. Now, even with my 10, 12, and 14-year-olds, They still can't really take care of themselves. They're learning. They're getting there. But humans are born without the capacity to take care of themselves. And so we're very reliant on other people. We're very reliant on our tribe right from the very beginning. 
then later in life, we become more connected to others. And with connection to others comes an increased chance of survival. Again, we're talking about thousands of years ago in the wild that when we were born and as we grew, our chances of survival were much higher when we were within a group, when we were sharing resources, as well as protection from predators. Resources in terms of food and water and all those things and protection from predators. So thus, over the course of our evolutionary history, being separated from others significantly decreased the chances of survival. I've talked before about the amygdala and the science there, science and research there that showed that over time, we evolved to have that fight or flight response because if we didn't, we died, right? I've given the example before of, you know, the tall grass moves and one person has that reaction and runs away or fights and has that fight or flight reaction, so they survive. The other person doesn't have their reaction, sits there being all happy and not worrying about anything, and they die. And so in evolution, we evolved to have that fight or flight response. We also, in this way, evolved to be dependent on the group, to not want to be rejected, to not want to be pushed away from the group, because that increased our chances of survival. If thousands of years ago, there were two people and one of them was totally worried about rejection and totally worried about being accepted by the group and want to be a part of it at all times, and the other person was totally carefree and didn't care and wanted to be out in the group and do their own thing, the reality is, is the person that was afraid of rejection, who stayed within the group, was a lot more likely to survive than the person who went out on their own. And so again here, we evolved, our brains evolved to want to avoid rejection at all costs. And what's really interesting, we're going to talk about a little bit today with the science, is how in the brain, certain parts of the brain that are connected with pain actually overlap with the social pathways around rejection. And so literally, those same pathways of rejection and physical pain are connected together. So rejection is actually painful, extremely painful for us. I'm sure you've had experiences in your life, especially in your childhood, where you can think about a memory or a time when you felt really rejected and you remember that pain, whether it was rejection from a girlfriend or boyfriend or from friends or from a group or being teased by others. That social rejection is very, very painful and it's actually very linked in the brain. And so, of course, we are wired to be this way, that there is safety in numbers. There's always been safety in numbers, but that's the old wiring. Today, creating the life that you want means stepping outside of the tribe, stepping outside and doing bigger and bigger things. But it's difficult to step up and be more confident and to have a new exercise plan and to grow your business and to ask for the job when your wiring is to stay safe and not be rejected from the tribe. And even today as kids, when they're, when kids grow up, they're taught to act in certain ways, to dress in certain ways, to think in certain ways, very much about conformity. Our whole educational system is very much about conformity and doing what you need to do to get a good job someday, go to college, get a degree, get a good job. And the reality is it doesn't always paint out that way. And I tell you, I've seen it from with my own kids. Watching my kids has been a lesson in, in viewing it from an adult perspective on how tough kids are with each other, how much they reject each other, how mean they can be to each other. And I've seen the pain in them when friends are mean to them or when they feel excluded from a group. And it hurts so deeply. And it's a reminder to us as adults about those same experiences that we had as kids, many of them that we don't even remember. And watching my kids go through those experiences, I've thought about my own youth and experiences where I felt rejected and how those things build up and remind us and, and remind us in our, in our neurological system when they get hardwired to avoid that pain of rejection again. And so many of these things carry forward into our life today. And when you compound that all with the world of interconnectedness and social media now, 
So many of us who are on social media, we all know how great it can feel to get the likes. So post something where people like it. You're like, oh, they like this. There's an instant gratification there. And there's a flip side of rejection on there, of feeling excluded from the group. Or, you know, I still remember experiences in high school where hearing the next day about how people got together or went to a party and I wasn't invited. I can't imagine what it's like for kids nowadays on social media to see that instantly, to see people hanging out with each other and feeling not included and not invited. And so we as humans evolved as a species to feel safety as being part of the tribe. And so really important for us to understand that that wiring is there, that for survival, we evolved to want to be a part of that tribe. So let me jump to some of the science around the brain, some three really interesting things. I've talked before about the negativity bias. So the negativity bias is a psychological phenomenon where people tend to give more weight and attention to negative experiences, emotions, or information over positive ones, right? We all tend to find the negative in things more easily. It's a part of that evolution to be able to create safety. So we want to find what's wrong because when we find what's wrong, we can survive. Some really interesting research around this, something called the spotlight effect, the study where participants had to wear a potentially embarrassing or flattering t-shirt. So a potentially embarrassing, so awful thing. I don't, I can't remember what they were. I, I read the study, but I've forgotten since. Or a really flattering t-shirt, like, oh, this is a great shirt. I might, well, it looks so great. Again, based on what they feel it is. And the study showed that people overestimated that people would be able to remember what was on the shirt. So for example, just making something up, you know, if I had a, a t-shirt with a poop emoji and that was really embarrassing to me and I went out in public with it because I thought, oh, well, this is ridiculous, whether because of the emoji or because it's just a t-shirt, maybe the t-shirt was bright yellow and I don't like wearing a bright yellow shirt, whatever that was, I would be more likely to overestimate that people would even remember that I was wearing that shirt. Or if I was wearing a really nice shirt and I was like, oh, this shirt looks amazing. I'm so happy in this shirt. I would overestimate how much people would remember that shirt and how great it was. So we tend to overestimate those things. That's what's called the spotlight effect. In another associated study, people overestimated how important their positive or negative utterances were to people in a discussion. How many of you have ever done this where you're in a group, you're talking, you say something and, and then they continue talking. You just think to yourself, man, that was a dumb thing to say. Why did I say that? They must think I'm an idiot. They must think I'm dumb. They probably don't like me already if they've just met me, right? Or in a positive way, we think to ourselves, oh, we, we said something really smart and that was good. But we tend to overestimate how important those things are to other people. Because the reality is, is that if we're in our own world worrying about what other people are thinking, they likely are too. That's the reality of it. So. So that is the negativity bias. So we tend to find the negative over the positive and the spotlight effect that talks about how we overestimate what we think people are going to remember or think about us either in a positive or negative way. So number two I want to talk about is the amygdala, that fight or flight response. We've talked about this before through evolution that we evolved to want to avoid pain, right? The fight or flight is looking for the negative situations or we're looking to avoid pain. That's natural. So what's really interesting is on top of this, there's a connection. So social neuroscience research is showing us that the experience of social rejection or exclusion, what they call social pain, is processed by some of the same neural regions that process physical pain. So the parts of our brain that actually light up with physical pain are some of the same spots that light up when we have social pain, when we're socially rejected or excluded from a group. Some really interesting things about this. Number one, words. Regardless of the language, whether it's English or any other language, the words that we use for emotional or social rejection with our feelings are similar to physical words. So hurt feelings, broken hearts. Those are physical words that we also use for those things, and that goes across different languages. 
Also, really interesting thing about drugs. Drugs that typically work well for pain relief also work well for social isolation. So one of the studies they did around this was infant distress in infant animals. So if you think about a baby animal of some sort, you know, I, I always think about, you know, you're driving and you see ducks crossing the road and and you see the ones in the back or one gets lost, or you see an online video of one by itself. But when a baby or infant of an animal is, is separated from the adult, they have a distress, they have certain distress. They might make a certain sound to show that they're distressed because they're scared about being attacked or, or being unsafe. And what's interesting is that in this particular study, when animals were given a pain reliever of, of morphine or that they had a few drugs that they tested, that they were less likely to have that distress. So a physical pain drug actually lowered the emotional distress that the animals had. So that's one study. Another study really interesting with people had to do with Tylenol. So Tylenol, as we all know, is a pain reliever. So this particular study showed that individuals that took Tylenol daily showed a significant reduction in hurt feelings across a three-week period, whereas individuals in the placebo group showed no significant change in hurt feelings over time. So somebody takes daily a Tylenol, which is we associate with being for physical pain, and they are less likely to report hurt feelings in their social interactions. I'm not suggesting you take Tylenol daily to not feel rejected. The point is that the drug working on that part of the brain is also working on on lowering that pain when it comes to the emotional pain. Another thing, another really interesting study around brain scans. In one particular study with brain scans, there was a ball tossing game over the internet while doing an fMRI machine. So here's what they did. They put a person in an fMRI machine and they told them, you're going to play this ball tossing game where you're literally via the web tossing a ball amongst different people and you're all connected via the internet. Now, they didn't tell the person is that there was no other people there. It was all computer software. And so sometimes they'd have the software doing it and, and they're doing the ball tossing game and fairly, and sometimes they would have the program not toss the ball to them. And through that, they felt excluded. And when they were doing that in the fMRI machine, they showed that, that when they felt excluded, the same part of the brain lit up for pain as for being excluded, right? So they showed in the brain scan that when they were being excluded with this simple ball tossing thing, where they thought they were doing it via the internet, that they felt that the brain lit up in the same place where they would feel actual physical pain. The place where where that was was called the dorsal anterior cingulate cortex. A lot of words there. Another part of the brain that lit up was the anterior insula and the PAG, which encode physical pain experiences. So literally fMRI machines are showing the connection between rejection and physical pain. So what's really important here is that is this pain and exclusion connection, this pain and rejection exclusion connection, because exclusion actually leads to more physical pain. Also, this is a really interesting connection, is that when you are excluded or when you feel re- rejection, you are more likely to actually feel physical pain also. And in the same way, if you have particular support things where you feel more support, you're also more likely to have less physical pain. One re- interesting study had people, forget what the physical pain was, that they were stimulated. I think it was like a heat type thing where they were reporting physical pain. And they had three different groups. And one, they were holding the hand of a person they know and love. Another person, they were holding the hands with a stranger. Another one, they were holding an object, like a ball or a chair. And in the one where they were holding hands with somebody that they know and love and care about, where they felt connection, where they felt included, they actually had less physical pain. So just something to think about, especially when we think about how we support each other and support other people, that literally our support helps them to feel less physical pain, to feel more connected. I know that it's talked about a lot about the importance of human connection in having a happy and fulfilled life. 
also connected to physical pain as well. So those are the things we're going to talk about in terms of understanding it, right? So, so what do we get from that? We understand that we are wired through our evolution to worry about what other people think. We're wired this way because of the tribe and wanting to feel connected and wanting to feel safe. So we didn't want to be excluded from the tribe. We wanted to be a part of it, to be safer in numbers, right? And through our youth, we have all these experiences of being rejected and how it feels. And so we're wired a certain way to want to avoid that rejection. And also the brain. The brain is wired through this, through those evolutionary processes, the actual parts of the brain where pain and rejection are wired in the same way. So our brains are literally wired this way. Again, mentioning all this so that you realize that, hey, this is a brain thing, just like with the amygdala, with our, our fears when, when these things are wired. So when we understand that it's very much a brain thing, we can understand and go, hey, we're wired to not want to be rejected, to be a part of the group. So what can we do to stand out and feel safe doing that, right? So again, let's go into the things that we can do. We'll do a little bit of tapping as well. So number one is that we want to recognize that our brains are wired for safety and rejection typically feels unsafe. Our brains are wired for safety and rejection typically feels unsafe. We just want to recognize that and understand that. That's a starting point, okay? Number two, we want to recognize when and how it shows up for you. So when do you focus on what other people think about you? How does that show up for you? Is it in social groups where, you know, whether you're a parent and you're around other mothers or fathers, whether it's your kids' soccer games, whether it's at work and you're with your coworkers, whether it's online, whether it's with the work that you put out into the world. What is it? How does it show up for you? Is it with your parents? Is it with your family members? Is it with your friends? Where is it in your life that you most worry about what other people think about you? Just think about that for yourself and just recognize and acknowledge that. Here's the thing. You can't control what others think about you. If you're worrying about what others think or changing your behavior to fit in, you're giving up your power and happiness. Just really important that we recognize that, that we recognize that these are the situations where we tend to worry about fitting in or worry about what other people think about us. And it's important to understand that we are giving away our power when we do that. Number three, what we want to do is we want to make our opinions of ourselves more important than other people's opinions of you, right? What you think matters most. One of the things I've said so many times, which I love talking about, because this is something that really clicked for me, is that if you imagine that you were standing in front of 100 people, take away those the anxiety of being in front of groups and all that kind of stuff. But let's say you were thinking about something that you're wanting to grow at, whether you want to be a public speaker or you want to write a book or you want to ask somebody out on a date or you just want to feel more confident. If I put you in front of 200 people and you have this goal, let's say we have a goal of doing something. If I put you in front of 200 people and I had them go one by one and every single one of them told you, you know, I think you're amazing. I know you're going to, you can do this. Oh, you're such a bright person, you know. Even if they're people you know, your friends, family members, oh my God, you know, Sarah, you're amazing at speaking in front of people. Or Tom, you are so great at what you do. I know you can help people. You really should go after that business. If you have all these people, 200 people, one by one, tell you that you're amazing, but you don't believe it, you're not very likely to take action. Whereas the other way around, if you are in front of a group of 200 people, maybe 200 too many people, maybe we should go 10. But anyway, I said 200 here. And Every single one of them tells you that you're, no, they don't believe in you. They're not very good. Certainly wouldn't feel very good. But if you were strong enough in yourself and you absolutely knew you had a vision and you were going to achieve that goal, you are more likely to take action when you believe it than when other people don't. So if you believe it and others don't, or other people believe and you don't, you're not going to take action. Point being here is that what you think is what matters most. Your opinion of yourself is the only one that matters and more importantly, it's the only one that you can control. 
What other people think about you is none of your business, right? Let me say it again. What other people think about you is none of your business, right? So whatever it is, whatever we talked about perception in the beginning, whatever it is that you perceive that you think that other people think about you, tell yourself a more empowering story. Either tell yourself, hey, what they think is none of my business, or tell yourself that, you know what? No, they're not thinking negatively. I bet you they're thinking positive things about me. Or maybe they're just, more importantly, they're not even worried about me. They're in their own world. Just like I'm worrying about what other people think, they're worrying about what I think. I shouldn't stress about this. I shouldn't worry about this, right? So what we want to do is we want to take full ownership of our future. We want to stop believing that other people will see the full vision of what's possible for you. The only person that's gonna that matters about seeing the full version or vision of you is you, right? You believe it first, bring it out into the world, and then other people will believe it as well. So that's number three. Number three that we talked about there is make your opinion of yourself more important than other people's opinion of you. Number four, choose your inner circle, the people who you will listen to and whose opinions of you you'll value. I did an exercise actually with my wife. I feel like it was a couple months back where we were, I think she was struggling, worrying about what other people were thinking about her, particular people, uh, forgetting what it, what it was related to. But if I, if I did, I, I don't know if I, should, if I should say, regardless, I should keep that private. But the point is, is that I told her, one of the things I tell her a lot is to focus on our pot, right? I call our family our pot. Myself, my wife, Karen, and our three kids. That's our pot. That's circle number one. So what I had her do is actually diagram out, and you can do this for yourself, actually diagram out who are the people that you're going to put into your inner circle of people whose opinions you care about, who you listen to, right? Who you open yourself up to. Now, that doesn't mean it's your family, right? For me, it's my immediate family of my wife and my three kids. But if for you, your immediate family is not supportive of you and not somebody who you think is going to be on your side, then don't put them in your inner circle. Maybe that's just a couple of friends that you have. Maybe you have two great friends who support you and you go, hey, they're part of my inner circle. And people outside of the circle, I'm going to make an energetic bubble to not care or worry about what they think. I'm going to care about what the people in this circle care about. And first and foremost, the small circle is just you, just you, what you think. Next circle out is your inner circle, right? So this is a really important thing to do. I read that Brene Brown does it too. She said that the list should be, should fit on a one by one card, right? One inch by one inch. That's how big the list should be. Just a few people in your life who you really, whose opinions you really think about and care about. So again, let's go through those things again. Here's what you can do. Recognize your brain is wired for safety and rejection typically feels unsafe. Let's start there recognize when and how it shows up for you. So figure out, hey, this is how it shows up for me when I worry a bit too much about what others think. Make your opinion of yourself more important than other people's opinion of you. Again, we can talk about how we can use tapping for that in a minute. And then also choose your inner circle, the people who will listen, who you will listen to and whose opinions you'll value, right? So those are the first four. Number five, big surprise is tap on it, right? And we're gonna, we, when we talk about tapping on safety, right? Because anytime we are worrying about going bigger in our lives. And again, we worry about what other people think in social situations, and that's one side of it. But especially going, being in 2024 in the new year, I want you to think about how can you show up in bigger ways that lead you towards the goals that you want to achieve, whether those goals are with a business, with your career, with your health, with your finances, with your relationships, whatever area it is, how can you show up as a bigger and better version of yourself and feel safe doing that? So if you go to become that better version of you, Who's going to tell you what do you what do you think you're doing? Wait, and all of a sudden you're an exercise person. You're exercising all the time, or all of a sudden you're going to quit drinking. All of a sudden you're going to stop smoking. All of a sudden you're going to start taking care of your health. Who are those people, and what's that going to feel like? And what we want to do is we want to tap on safety. Now, first thing I want to do is I actually want to mention some of the resources in the app because there are some great resources on them. We're going to do a little tapping, but there's always so much tapping we can do in this podcast episode. 
some of the resources in the app that are really good for this. Releasing the pain of rejection, micro boost of safety and instant boost of safety, right? Talking about safety, feeling safe to shine, feeling safe and grounded in your body. Help me stop assuming the worst. There's a whole bunch of help me ones, which are really cool. Help me stop assuming the worst. Help me stop worrying. Help me stop overthinking. Help me trust my decisions. Help me stop thinking about something someone else did. Help me stop thinking about something I did. So lots of really good resources there in the app to use. So if one of those clicked for you or several of them, go into the Tapping Solution app and use those tapping resources, right? So let's talk about some of the different ways that we can tap or, or how we can find the target of what we want to tap on. Emotions. When you worry about what somebody is thinking of you, it's typically worrying what they're thinking that is bad. We don't worry about somebody thinking good things. We're not like, oh man, you know, if I go do this, Sarah's going to think I'm amazing. We don't worry about that. We worry about them thinking bad things. So if somebody thinks something bad of you, what is it that you feel? Do you feel anxious? Do you feel worried? Do you feel scared? Right? You want to pinpoint what that emotion is and, and how safe do you feel if somebody thinks something bad of you? I know that for some people, just the thought of somebody thinking something bad about you feels like life or death, literally feels like life or death. Again, remember the wiring, not only in our brain from evolution, but also some of the childhood traumas that we have different in terms of going, hey, you know what? I grew up in a really unsafe environment. And so if I was rejected, it literally meant like I didn't have food that night or I might be hit or I might be abused in some way. And so lots of things that we can come into our wiring from our childhood as well. So how safe do you feel if somebody thinks something bad about you? So tapping on those emotions, tapping on safety, really, really important. Again, safety, safety, safety. I'm going to say it over and over again. Tap on safety when it comes to stepping out into the world, being a better version of yourself, and being safe even with other people thinking negative things about you. doesn't mean they're going to. It's about your perception of it. So you can tap on the emotions of them actually thinking negative things about you, or you can tap on the perception or belief that you think they're going to think negative things about you, right? So what are some events that we can tap on? Was there a time where you spoke up and you were made fun of or teased? Think about that. Was there a time where you spoke up and you were made fun of or teased? I think most of us as kids had experiences like that, just a part of growing up. Was there a time when you felt like you were being rejected by a group? It's a matter of how often this happened, right? Was there a time when you felt you were being rejected by a group? I can tell you that my high school experience was not great. I felt constantly rejected in high school. I felt constantly like my friends, even my friends in high school, I felt like they didn't actually like me or want to be around me. So my high school experience wasn't the easiest thing. And that's something that comes with me. That's a part of my past that I have to recognize, tap on, which I have, and also give meaning to, give empowering meaning to. I think there was a lot of great things that came out of that. Another question, was there a time you felt unsafe within a group? Did somebody say something about you? Did they say something behind your back? What are some of those experiences? As kids, people say things behind each other's back. Was there a time when you felt unsafe? So when we can think about those childhood experiences, we can actually tap on those experiences and what we felt. We can use the movie technique and literally go through those experiences of, of being teased, feeling rejected, being not invited to a party, being told, you know, oh no, you know, we don't like you, whatever it is, or being rejected by somebody you like, the crush that you had. So the third thing we can tap on is beliefs. So just in asking yourself these questions, other people's thoughts about me matter because, and fill in that blank. A lot of times when we have sentences like this, it can help us define what our actual beliefs are. So if you were to answer that question, other people's thoughts about me matter because, fill in that blank. And you might have something that comes out right away. Don't question it. Just notice what it is. Another question you can fill in, if I'm not liked, it means what? What comes up for you? If I'm not liked, it means what? If people 
don't like me, it means what? Those are just some a couple of sentences where we can fill in those blanks to give ourselves an idea of what our internal beliefs are around thinking about what other people think about us or, or feeling rejected. All right, so let's do a quick round of tapping. We're just gonna do a quick round of tapping around safety. Remember, lots of great resources that I mentioned inside the Tapping Solution app around help me stop worrying, help me stop overthinking, help me stop thinking about something someone else did. But hopefully, a lot of these things gave you an idea of just why it is that we worry about what other people think. And when we have this understanding that, hey, we evolved this way, our brains are this way, it's not that there's something wrong with me, that you could have experiences in your life, those traumas, those events that happen that you can tap on that may have made it tougher for you than for somebody else because you have experiences that are wired into you where you had an experience where you were just rejected. And so you have proof from your past that, hey, this isn't safe to feel rejected by other people. But just remember that whatever you have, however you're programmed right now, however you're wired, whatever you have in your energy system, in your nervous system, that you can shift it, you can change it. And of course, nothing is more powerful than tapping to be able to do this. So let's do some tapping on safety. Let's start off by thinking of something that you want to do to show up bigger in the world, where you're afraid of what others will think or say. So think about that yourself. Think about something where you want to show up bigger in the world. Remember, we're talking about we're in the new year right now. We want to think about how can we show up in bigger ways? Are there particular things? Are there things for 2023 you said, hey, I'm going to do this, and you didn't do it because you thought you were afraid. Maybe you're afraid of failure. But again, a lot of these failures are connected to how we worry about what other people are going to think or say about us. And so think about what that is for you and think about how safe do you feel? If you were to actually do it, you actually show up in the world, you actually you know, write the book or ask for the raise or go on uh, the diet or exercise program and lose the weight, whatever it is, or ask somebody out, whatever it is, if you were to do that, how safe would it feel? And if you feel that twins of like, ah, oh, you know, what are people gonna think? What if, what if you have lots of money? What if you get start making way more money? What if your business expands dramatically? What if you get a raise? What are people going to say about you? What's your family going to say about you, your friends? Are you still going to fit in with the people? What if you stop drinking? What if you stop smoking? What if you cut out some of those bad habits? Is your social circle still going to accept you? What if you say, I don't want to go out on a Friday night anymore? What are people going to th- think about you? Is that still going to feel safe? And let's think about people actually criticizing you behind your back. Imagine them criticizing you behind your back and thinking, oh, who do they think they are? And She's awful now, or he's terrible now. Let's measure that on a scale of zero to 10, where 10 is that it's really intense and zero is that there's no intensity at all. We'll do a round of tapping here. Even though it doesn't feel safe, I acknowledge and accept what I'm feeling. Even though it doesn't feel safe to show up bigger in the world, I acknowledge and accept what I'm feeling. Even though it doesn't feel safe to show up in this way, I acknowledge and accept what I'm feeling right now. Go to the eyebrow point. It doesn't feel safe. Side of the eye. It does not feel safe. Under the eye. I don't like people talking badly about me. Under the nose. It does not feel safe. 
chin point, I don't like feeling rejected. Cobble point, I don't like feeling excluded. Under the arm, it makes me feel like I'm not enough. Top of the head, I want to fit in. Eyebrow point, I want to feel connected to others. Side of the eye, and it doesn't feel safe to show up bigger. Under the eye, it doesn't feel safe to show up in this way. Under the nose, but what if I could still be safe? Chin point, I want to make this my best year yet. Cobble point, and that means not worrying about what others think or say. Under the arm, I want to show up as the best version of me. Top of the head, and part of that means I have to not worry about what others think. Eyebrow point, I can still feel safe. Side of the eye, even if others don't like me. Under the eye, even if people criticize me, Under the nose, I can still feel safe. Chin point, because I really want to grow. Cobblon point, and if people don't support me, under the arm, then maybe they're not for me anymore. Top of the head, but I choose to feel safe within me. Eyebrow point, I choose to value my opinion over the opinions of others. Side of the eye, I choose to believe in myself. Under the eye, and to stop worrying so much about what others think. Under the nose, I choose to stay in my lane. Chin point, to work towards my goals. Column point and to show up as my best self. Under the arm, I am enough just as I am. Top of the head, I can do this. Eyebrow point, I choose to stay in my lane. Side of the eye, to focus on the future I want to create. Under the eye, and to know that I will still be safe. Under the nose, it doesn't feel safe to not do this. Chin point, I don't want to have regrets. Cobble point, I choose to show up as the best version of me. Under the arm, regardless of what others think or say. Top of the head, one day at a time. Eyebrow point, I'm going to get better and better. Side of the eye, I'm creating the new version of me. Under the eye, where I'm safe to shine. 
under the nose and safe to be my true self. Chin point, I am safe. Cobble point, just as I am. Under the arm and I am safe to move forward. Top of the head and create the life that I want. Stop there and take a deep breath in. And breathe out. Just notice what you feel. Check back in with yourself. So when you think about, when when you measure the level of anxiety you might have had or how safe you felt to take that action moving forward, how safe do you feel now? Do you feel safer now? As your anxiety lowered, measure yourself again on a scale of zero to 10. And just notice how things shifted. Notice what it's like when you start to tap on those feelings that you have around safety and in not being safe to be rejected by others, to be criticized by others, for others to think poorly of you or to say bad things about you or for friends to not want to be your friend anymore or for anybody to criticize you. So we did some tapping on the safety there. And one of the things you can do is to go back through those events. Take the time and go back through some of those events you have from your past when you first felt rejected, when you first felt like you weren't enough. And then go through some of the beliefs that you have of, you know, if I'm not liked, it means what? It means what? Other people's thoughts about me matter because, and remember to go use the Tapping Solution app. Lots of great tapping meditations in there. We're always adding new ones. Go do some of those tapping meditations in there to help you to feel safe showing up as your best self and to feel safe being yourself without worrying about what other people think. Here's the reality. If you're going to grow, if you're going to become a better version of yourself, not everyone's going to like it. Some people are going to criticize you. Some people are going to think, who do you think you are? But eventually they'll adapt and they'll get used to it. And those people that care about you, who've always been on your side, will continue to be on your side. And if you lose some people, you'll meet new people, people that will be more like the new version of you that you're becoming. But we have to start off by letting go of some of the worry about what other people are thinking. But remember, it's not your fault if you're struggling with this. You are wired this way, not only through evolution, not only with how our brains are wired between pain and rejection, but also through your own experiences. You're always looking at life through the lens of your past experiences. And so you can choose to give those past experiences more empowering meanings and to also use the tapping to take the edge off of them. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Tapping Solution Podcast. Remember to go download the app and use those resources. And until next time, keep tapping. If you're struggling with your habits or your productivity or your daily emotions and just your overall direction in life, I want to recommend you go check out my Tapping Solution Planner. I designed this planner to not just be some regular old planner where you make your tasks and to-dos on a calendar, but where you can understand what's really driving you and your results. You see, this planner is more than just a planner. It's a system to transform your energy and habits and focus and confidence and emotions, mindset, productivity, results in life, and so much more. And I, of course, designed it so that you can use EFT tapping to help you in that transformation. 
If you want to learn about the planner and pick one up for yourself, just go to thetappingsolution.com slash planner. That's thetappingsolution.com slash planner. And on that page, you'll see a video where I detail exactly why this planner is different. Don't let another year go by just wishing things would be different. I know this planner can help. Go check it out. Just go to thetappingsolution.com slash planner.